ancient book of Spartan, it speaks of a storyteller who enlightened the golden land with his voice and tales. His notes read as thus. Warning. This episode contains adult language, the Master Sword, Hyruleans, the Triforce, Cuckoos, Jackass Pirates, Cryptic Directions, Lovestruck Thieves, The Dark World, High Seas Adventure, Crystallized Princesses, Bows with Silver Arrows, and A Quarter Century of History. Listener discretion is advised. Well, man, that was really cool, right? I think so. Who the fuck is that? Who invited Tingle? Fucking hate that guy. Damn you, Tingle! Stole my bug catching net, fucking bastard. Hello and welcome to the 99th episode of the Spirekin Monger Review. I'm your host, Zan. And I'm Cal. Can you fucking believe it? 99 episodes. That's pretty good. Fucking really damn good. Can't believe 99 episodes. And ironically, the two year mark is in about three weeks. Wow. Wow. Two years. I remember back in. But, hey, it's no problem. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome. Spirekin's a side that provides information and reviews about manga. What happens is every episode, we'll talk about the manga and give you some information on it. That way, you go to the bookstore and say, hey, this manga looks really cool. You pick it up, you look at the jacket copy. The jacket copy seems interesting. The cover seems interesting. Then you open it up, and the book is crap. Yeah. Like so many people, because jacket copy is misleading, and covers are misleading. But once the money's spent, they, that's all they want. Yes, that's all that they care about. And you can't return it anymore. It used to be you could buy a book at a bookstore and you go, and hey, I'm going to return it, and that's it. <laughs> now you have to have a receipt, and you have to have all the other shit. Yeah, it's a real pain in the ass. It is a pain in the ass, it is. Ugh. Oh, you can check us out at http colon slash slash spirekin.podbean.com or www.spirekin.com. We're still kind of trying to map it, so you may have some problems. It might send you right to Podbean, but hopefully we'll get it working eventually. Hopefully by episode 100 it'll go spirekin.com. Just go straight to it. It'll be fucking awesome. But 
You can email me at spirekin at gmail.com or zan at spirekin.com. Spirekin at gmail.com is a lot easier. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, you can call and leave a voicemail at 206-350-8462. That, again, is 206-350-8462. Leave a voicemail or comments, concerns, rants, raves, or even death threats. We don't care. We'll play it on air. And no drunken calls. Not again after last time, all right? You can also check me out on the FightBait.com podcast because I am his co-host, and I believe this week we discussed the Kick-Ass movie. How was Well, I guess save it for the podcast, but I kind of want to see Kick-Ass. Well, at this point, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you haven't seen it? All right. Yes, in the future. There was one review of it in the newspaper. It got a pretty favorable review. So. Everyone loved Kick-Ass except for Robert Roger Ebert. But who's going to listen to a man who doesn't have a jaw? Yeah, I don't. I never really cared what his reviews were. He's worthless now. He has no fucking jaw. He just looks like he has a permanent the Bernie grin on his face for the rest of his life. Like, <laughs> and he and he's got a robot voice that sounds like his voice. Does he? Yeah, he has that. Like Ned from South Park. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty bad. It's funny but bad at the same time. Yeah. But that's what he gets for getting the, the mouth cancer. Where yeah. he got it from, we don't know. But we're getting a little off tangent. Just a tad bit. Yeah. If you remember, this is the last installment of our video game month. Well, for now. We may do come back and revisit it. But we've been reviewing for the last three episodes video game manga. Manga based on video games. And for the most part, they've been pretty good, I'd say. Yeah, pretty good. First one we reviewed Mega Man and Rockman X. X, which those both were pretty favorable. Mm -hmm. Then the last episode we reviewed Dot Hack X Fourth and Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem, Flame of uh, what? I forgot the translation. Flame of something or other. I don't remember. I don't remember the, the the translated name of it. But both were equally favorable. Now hopefully we'll be able to do the hat trick, and it'll be a third section of us. Well, having a third third possibility of success with these ones but we don't know it might be horrible because the wheel dictates it and we don't know what the wheel wants yeah if we did well then well actually if the wheel is able to tell me lottery numbers that would help but it doesn't want to have you tried it yet yes no <laughs> it, it was a waste of ten dollars <laughs> well actually three dollars but still yeah well now the we'll wheel can only be used for certain things yes well Hopefully in the Spyrokin movie review, the dodecahedron of movies will work. We should use that for the lottos. Eh, you'd need a bigger one. you need probably a, a, a what the hell is the 20-sided? It would be like a, a quad-decahedron? Quad fucking doesn't. Who fucking knows? <laughs> Who fucking knows? Okay, so, either way, we should get directly into the reviews, so let's get into it. So, first off, when I spun, I got a pretty cool manga based on one of the oldest and most popular of the Legend of Zelda series, and that is Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, and this is Legend of Zelda Triforce of the Gods, which actually is the Japanese title of Link to the Past. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. And you spun, and... Uh... I got, well, slightly less popular of the Zelda series. I got Legend of Zelda The Phantom Hourglass, which is based off the Nintendo DS game of the same name, and it's a sequel to the Wind Waker game, which was the one on the GameCube. Now, if there are those of you who are wondering what Legend of Zelda, Wind Waker, Link to the Past, the, and various <laughs> other words mean, well, you're severely deprived. Yeah. Now, we're going to get into a little bit of a history on Legend of Zelda. Now, 
many moons ago, many, many moons ago, before many of you were even born, back in the 1980s, when hairspray was prevalent and David Hasselhoff wasn't a has-been who ate cheeseburgers on the ground. And Michael Jackson was still alive. And he was black. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yes, he was black. That's but how that, you know it's old. But back in those days, there was a system called the Nintendo Entertainment System. The original console. Well, not the original. The original was the Atari, but it was one of the first and most popular consoles, arguably. Yeah. And what happened was, in 1986, they released a game. Its first adventure game. One of the most popular games that was ever released, and it started a whole franchise. And that was The Legend of Zelda, where you played a guy who went around fighting monsters to... To save the princess. Exactly, but unlike with Mario where you jumped on top of Goombas and other creatures to kill them, you got a sword. And other little items including a boomerang, bombs, arrows, flute, ladder, bottles, uh, potions. You got the potions, you get the bottles in the first, in the first one. So no, you didn't get the bottles. No, you got the potions and then you wasted them and they were gone. And you, oh, got, okay. and you got bait, which was useless. There was a raft. Yes. In the first game. Yes. And then, about a couple years later, they released a sequel to that, which was done in a completely different style called Legend of Zelda Link's Adventure. That game is so hard. Have you ever beaten that game? Actually, that was the first game I ever beat. That game is hard as hell. It's a hard game, but it was pretty interesting because they added magic spells to it, which was never used ever again. I think that one's the only one that, that used uh, experience. No, no, they did have magic spells in Ocarina of Time. But that uh, that's... And same thing with Link to the Past, but those were items, not actually like you had magic spells where you could turn into a fairy. Or, oh, right, right. Or, or increase your strength, or actually heal yourself. Yeah, life spell. it was just offensive magic. Actually, well, one of them was defensive. But... No, two. Oh. You had the, the life spell to increase your health, and you had the shield. The shield, right. And then fairy, which was kind of just to escape. There was a fire one. Remember the one that, that you, you get in fire, and you engulfed in flames, and it just outwardly shoots out fire and kills everything around you? I still prefer just having hearts and, and going... Yeah. Ah, oh, man. Ocarina of Time. What a great game that is. Well, we're getting to that. We're getting to that. Because you're going... Yeah. You're skipping way ahead. I know. There's a bunch of games I see. After Legend of Zelda's Link's Adventure, they did one called Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, which takes place in the middle of, according to sources, it's still debatable, the history, the chronology, it takes place in between the middle of... Link's adventure when he's crossing the raft from one continent to the other. Yeah. He gets, and what happens is the main character, Link, gets strewn off into an island where he has this really trippy adventure. Yeah. There's a big fish at the end. Yes, and they went back to the old roots of how the game was originally designed. Cause the top-down view and everything. Yes, because in the, the second game, in Link's adventure, what happened is that you'd walk into a castle and then suddenly became a 2D platformer, which I think was a failure in its part, because it was better when it was the 3D adventure. So then, let's get into, well, later on with the second system, the Super Famicom, the Super NES. You released Legend of Zelda, Triforce of the Gods, which I'll be releasing for, which was a great game. It was actually the first game I owned on Super NES, and I loved it. It's a very fun game, because it introduced the whole mythology behind Zelda, and also introduced the Master Sword. It's a really long game, too. Very epic Yes, and that began the tradition of having multiple dungeons and not just having eight dungeons and in the end. It was, you had like 20 dungeons and they were all working well together and you had to do it in a specific order. Yeah. I mean, the first one had it, but it was perfected in Legend of Zelda. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And they also introduced the multiple worlds and teleporting with... <laughs> ...plutes and other... And a bird that, that <laughs> swoops down and swoops you away yes. to another area. 
And then after that, there were some other noteworthy ones on the CDI, which we won't even mention because the CDI was a useless system. We had maybe one good game, which wasn't the Zelda game. So either way, from then on, we go to, well, your personal favorite game and one of the, arguably one of the best games of all time. 1999, Game of the Year. Yep. Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. Yes. For, for the N64. Do you still own your shirt? Probably. Mine, yeah, check mine it was out. thrown out. <laughs> it was ripped up to hell. And this one was the first 3D Zelda game. Yeah. And it had multiple dungeons. Had, I think. Let's see. There were, as Young Link, you had three major dungeons. Plus the castle twice, and that's five. And then when you have Adult Link, I think you had seven dungeons. Yes. Temples, whatever. So, a pretty lengthy adventure in that one too. Plus, all the side stuff there was to do, and and the game was a triumph for Zelda fans because it went even further into the history and made it even more confusing. Because you had to wonder, is this the same Link who was in the first game, or was he a completely different Link, or what's going on? And essentially, the only person who knows is Shigeru Miyamoto, who is a genius. Who his mind is. I don't even think he knows. He says it doesn't matter. So. <laughs> he probably does like everybody else looks on the internet for the for the chronology and goes, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> probably. Yeah. So then from there we had its direct sequel, which came out a year later, called Majora's Mask, which is essentially a long side quest game. Yeah. It has a main story, which is kind of interesting, but the side quests are what makes that game what it is. It's yeah. Insane amount of side quests. That's the the, the biggest cause for the uh, the big theory of the split timeline. In, in the Zelda chronology. So basically, in the, in the end of Ocarina of Time, remember how Zelda sends you back as your reward? Sends you back in time to yes. basically re- regain the lost years? Yeah. So Majora's Mask is basically young Link. He's, he had just had been sent back from uh, by Zelda at the end of Ocarina of Time, and he basically leaves Hyrule, and he's going away, and then he has the whole Majora's Mask adventure. But we all know that in the timeline where adult Link saved Princess Zelda, crystallized princess in, in Ocarina of Time, there are games that follow that timeline too. So that Which ones followed that one? It was Wind Waker. But I thought Wind Waker was on the other timeline. No, Wind Waker's off the off the adult Link timeline. Well then which is off the young Link timeline? Definitely Majora's Mask. No, I mean after Majora's Mask. Uh hmm. I don't know. Might have been it. Again. Maybe Minish Cap. It gets very no, well it um, gets very confusing. That's why nobody knows. After this point, there was a couple more from the Game Boy Advance, the Oracles of Seasons and Ages, which is a very fun game. And the fact is you have to play it in a specific order. Yeah. You play one, then you get a code, then you play in the other one, and the story is completely different both times if you play it reverse. It's, did you know that that was originally planned as three games, and they couldn't? it was just too complicated with the, the system of linking all three games together and having them make sense? They just said, fuck it, we're just going to do two games. It's originally supposed to be three games, each representing a Triforce piece. That would have been a lot better, I think. Yeah. That would have been a lot better. But they scrapped it. They did that with Pokemon. It worked. They should have done it with... I don't know. They should have done it with uh, Zelda. It would have been awesome. I would have bought all three. Yeah, me too. And it would have been the great... But, so anyway. So then, going into the future, you have Wind Waker, which is arguable as either a really good game... Or a shitty game, depending on your opinion of the game. Yeah. It's the first one where they really went away and changed the art style, and it looked uh, cartoonish. I remember the the really bad backlash um, when they first, very first time they announced that game, and they showed the different, the new art style and everything, and 
the GameCube had not been out that long, and one of the first things they did when, when the GameCube was still a very young system was they released a tech demo of Zelda, of a potential Zelda game, and it was basically Link fighting Ganondorf. And it looked really awesome, and it looked kind of like Ocarina of Time style, but just with really good graphics, but it was just a video. So everybody thought, oh man, this is going to be what the next Zelda game is going to be all about. And then a couple months passed by, and then they announced, here's the new Zelda game for the GameCube, Wind Waker. And they show chibi-style Link winking at the camera and everything, and everyone was like, what the fuck is this? Exactly. But, you know... It was a travesty on its own. Once you get over it, though, the game's not that bad. Yeah. There are a little easy, though. There's issues with a lot of it, but so what happened was after that, they created Minish Cap and Phantom Hourglass and all the games which went on that timeline, which is the future, which is very bright and colorful. Yeah. And then when the Wii came out, they released the latest of the games. The spiritual sequel to Ocarina of Time. The true spiritual sequel. Yes. I forget storyline of Twilight Princess, but... No, the storyline was that Link got turned into a wolf because he he was delivering a sword to Hyrule, got involved in a huge conflict between the Hyrulean world and the Twilight world, the world of the Twilight, and he got helped by this little imp named Migna. Midna. Something like that. Who's very, well, controlling and mean, and I could see her as a dominatrix for some reason. (laughs) Well, she is. Matrix, huh? Well, she is a princess. Yeah. Zelda is Midna, right? No. Midna no? is Midna. Oh, Midna is the princess of the Twilight Realm. That's right. Yes, yes. That's and we right. are That's spoiling this game to Veerl if you haven't beaten it yet. Yeah, well. Yeah. I guess it's too late now. Sorry. <laughs> Just a little bit too late. Just a little bit. It's been, I don't know, 12 minutes we've been talking about this. Yeah. Give or take. So, after that, they released a couple more games, and they've shown images and some of the more stills for the new Zelda game which is supposed to come out in 2011 but this is Nintendo and the problem with Zelda is that they'll tell you a date. They will say it's coming out this day. It gets to that day. They released a tech demo that day. They don't release the actual game, they release a tech demo. So whatever date they tell you is is going to come out, you have to add three months to that. Oh, don't forget about Four Swords Adventures. Remember that one? Uh, that I, I still count that as a remake of Link to the Past. Well, it was included on the remake of Link to the Past for the Game Boy, but then they released a standalone game for the GameCube, for Swords, uh, which true. was multiplayer. So we had to go back to the GameCube, and that one essentially was there was a sword called the Four Swords, Link grabs it, he turns into four Links. Yeah. And it's all mini-games with four players. Yep. only way you can really play that easily is with four players. Yeah, it's possible to play it with single player, but it's just not as fun. It's not the way the meant, game's meant to be played. Yeah, you, it, you, was you playing it for three months? I think, uh, and you're just like, fuck this game. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I didn't really enjoy that one as much. It was kind of, eh, kind of a forgettable thing. But so now, hopefully, you are caught up slightly in the mythology. We haven't gone too far into the storylines and whatnot because it is very convoluted and very intense and deep. You could do a whole series of episodes just on Zelda. It's yes, just... there is actually a Zelda podcast. Oh, is there? Yeah, but they, they analyze every little thing down to the fact that Sheik is... What mean... do they have to talk about at this point? I mean... Yeah, debates about the games, debate about the characters, debate about the cartoon series, mm. debate about the live-action movie fake trailer. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the, the April Fool's thing IGN did? Yes. <laughs> which was much better than this year's, which was retarded. What'd they do this year? Halo the movie in Bollywood style. Ah. GameSpot had had one this year. It was a Mega Man spoof. It was it was okay. It kind of got stupid after a while. Uh, they've given up on. So, yeah, since this is not a video game podcast, this is 
a manga podcast, we should get to the point. Yeah. So, we're both reviewing manga based off of the Legend of Zelda universe, and hopefully we've given you enough about it that you understand a little bit about that this is a very in-depth world that's been created over time. It always takes place in the same world, which is Hyrule. All the characters have long ears, and... The princess is always named Zelda. Well, I still... Br- well, I'll bring up the Wind Waker thing on yours. So, we'll start off in chronology with mine. So I am reviewing, as I said, Legend of Zelda Triforce of the Gods, or Link to the Past. And it was written and drawn by Himakawa Akira, and originally released by Shogakuken in 2005. And then it was released over here by Viz in 2010. But here's the cool thing. This was released simultaneously when Game Boy Advance released Link to the Past, the remake. It was released like, sim- coincided with that. Was it? Yeah, it was a nice little release. And now... The manga opens up where Link is in an apple orchard. Apple orchard. I don't remember that from the game. Yeah, it's a, it takes liberty. So he's in an apple orchard with his uncle, and his uncle's like, "You look at these apples. They're so great. <laughs> you do such a good job, Link." He's like, "I love these apples so much. I just wish I could buy this orchard and make it my own, and I would name it Link's Apple Orchard." And his uncle's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Cause so Link- just let's get one thing straight here first. So Link is talking. Yes. Which is kind of important because Link never talks in any of the game. Yep. So he's talking, of course, because you couldn't have a silent protagonist in a manga. It doesn't work. It'd be very challenging to do that. <laughs> You'd have to have thought bubbles or something. So anyway, he's there with his uncle and they're happy. The apples are excellent. They're thick and they're tasty and they're like the greatest apples in the world. And they're going and they're talking about life because they're both farmers. They're talking about the life they lead. And his uncle states, Hey, how come you don't become a blacksmith? I thought it'd be good for you. And Link is like, I'm just a farmer. I can't do anything. I'm not destined for anything great. I'm going to be just a farmer and I'm happy with what I do. And so he goes to bed. And as he's sleeping, suddenly hears a voice in his head say, Help me. And Link's like, What the, what the fuck is... He's like, huh? Hello? And he hears, Help me. I'm in trouble. I'm Princess Zelda. I need your help. What's going on? He's like, Please, come quick. Something's going on. And so Link wakes up. I hear a voice, but no one's there. I'll I'll ask Uncle. He looks, and his uncle is gone. It's raining really hard, and he looks at the wall where his uncle had his shield and a sword. Both are gone. Missing. He's like, What the? Okay. He thinks, Okay, I'll I'll go follow the voice, and I'll see where it's going. So he grabs his cloak, quickly puts on some clothes, which you don't see. And he runs out. He runs out and he's hearing this person say, Look, I'm in trouble. I need your help. I'm being held hostage in my castle. Again, the castle, there's a hidden secret entrance over here. And he goes and he's just walking with... He's just wearing essentially a, a cloak. And this, and he's got nothing else. And he's a young kid. We'll say he's probably 15 years old. And as he's walking down the secret passage, he hears groaning and grunting. He sees... Groaning and grunting. Yes. Ooh. And he hears the sound of a sword being drawn and clashing. Hmm. And he looks, and he sees this weird guy in a red cloak with his face covered. He stabs him fatally, and he <laughs> runs off. And his uncle's like, damn you, Agonim. And he falls over. And Link runs to his uncle's like, uncle, uncle, we, we can help you. You're going to be okay. He's like, there's no time. You have to save the princess. Take my sword. That's what it was for. Take the sword, take my shield, go and protect her. That's what you have to do. And Link is going, no, I can't do it. I'm just a farmer. I can't. And he's like, you were destined for this. And then he dies. A very sad moment in the game. Yes, but in the manga, it's even more because he looks, it's very shocking. So he grabs the shield, 
grabs the sword, and then he runs. And he's listening to Zelda in his head saying, Link, go this way. This is the way to go. I'm in the dungeon. And as he goes to the dungeon, suddenly this big fucking guy in deep black armor with a mace and chain comes up and attacks him. And surprisingly, Link is able to defend himself very well. He's not kind of like, I don't know how to use a sword. I'm going to... No, he slices and cuts the guy and suddenly... Kind of instinctively or... It's, in, you can yeah. say instinctively. And he, as he cuts him, suddenly the body inside the armor just disappears and the armor just goes... Boom, falls down. Mm. Very cool sequence. And then he finally sees the person who's been talking in his head, Princess Zelda. This very beautiful girl who's sadly behind bars. Mm. Then we go to the top of the castle where Aghanim is residing. And Aghanim is saying, how can they figure out where I was? How was she able to communicate? My barrier should have covered it all. Find her and seize them. Very megalomaniac, evil person. And also saying, the sacrifice must be ready soon. So, Link and Zelda escape. They run to a church. No, they're not getting hitched. <laughs> You'd think that. Just, we're, let's go to the church. Let's go to City Hall. <laughs> yes. And then go to McDonald's on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> nah. So, they go to the church and everything is revealed. Turns out that Agamemnon appeared one day because things have been going horribly wrong in Hyrule. And he appeared and... Zelda's father, the king, saw him and was like, Hey, you're making the bad guys go away. I will keep you as my vizier, because you are probably related to the ancient sages from long ago. And so he hires Agnemon, and Agnemon has been looking at Zelda kind of interestingly. Really creepy look. And so he took over. The king got killed, and Agnemon gained control. There's this whole ancient story that originally Hyrule was a prosperous place, and it was the guardian of this thing called the Triforce, because... Back in the day, when the universe was created, there were these three gods. The goddess of courage, goddess of power, goddess of wisdom. And they created the world, and they left their power tangibly on Earth as this thing called the Triforce. And whoever touched the Triforce would be able to get a wish. Whatever wish they wanted that was in their heart. And it was in this place called the Golden Land, which was sealed within Hyrule. What happened was that a thief came, got a hold of the Triforce, made his wish to become omnipotent, all-powerful and almost took over Hyrule. And what happened was that these seven sages and the guardian knights were able to defeat this evil thief known as Ganon and sealed him in the Golden Realm for all eternity or until the seal is broken. And the guardian knight who protected the sages, his bloodline apparently has been diluted. No one's left. The only person left who's in the bloodline? Link. Of course. And the sages, they've all pretty much disappeared. The last sage who's alive is the Princess Zelda. And so... The two of them combined are, are kind of the key to... To either bringing back Ganon or to defeating him. So what happens is, as they're talking, Agamemnon shows up, grabs Zelda, and runs off. But before he's able to get her away, Zelda tells Link, Get the Master Sword, you'll be able to defeat him. Or screams, Get the Master Sword! And as she disappears, all the townspeople who are in this church, because they've been hiding him out because of the fact that the government wants him because they think he stole kidnapped Princess Zelda. So they were hiding him out, and they're saying, "How can you be the destined hero of the Master Sword? You're just a punk." It's like <laughs> I'm just a farmer. I can't do this. And the priest says, "You can see how he is. Look at this apple." 
they bring the apple back and they say it shows that the way that the apple was created, it's how tender it is and how perfectly shaped it is that the person who is taking care of this has dedication and the wherewithal to do what's right. Wow, they're really playing up this apple thing. It comes back and hmm. so what happens is Zelda has been kidnapped and they say, Link, you will find the Master Sword, but you need help. So you have to go to Kakariko Village and find the elder Saharasala. Yeah, I remember from the game, I could never pronounce the name either. So, they send him off on his way, but before they do, the priest takes Link's apple and blesses it. So now it has healing properties. Yeah. But so, he goes off to Kakariko Village, and as he's trying to get his way there, he ends up going on a coach. And as he's riding in the coach, the people who are sitting with him look at a paper they have. Surprisingly, there's printing press. And in the paper, <laughs> in big letters, WANTED! <laughs> Guess whose picture is there? <laughs> Yep, Link. Kind of a cliche thing. So, and they're like, like what the, 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 the thief's here, the, the kidnapper's here. And he's like, no, 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 just calm down, calm down. And as he's doing this, there's someone watching the carriage. And this person's like, we'll be able to eat a lot today, won't we? Yeah, we'll be able to eat a lot. And as the carriage is running there, and they're arguing cause in the carriage about, oh, he's the one who kidnapped Princess Zelda. No, I didn't. A bunch of knights show up. And the knights go, get out of the carriage. And as they're threatening to take action to stop Link, a bunch of thieves show up. So complete and utter clusterfuck at this point. And the thieves kill the knights, well, most of the knights. So they essentially save Link, but they're going to rob the carriage. And as they're debating, a bunch of other knights show up. The knights are fighting the thieves. And the one thief, this the head thief, is looking at the carriage as it's running off. Link took the carriage, and he was able to get the horses going, and they ran off. And she's now like, he stole the carriage! I was trying to get the carriage. And this is Ganthi. She's a major character in the manga. She's an original character. She wasn't in the game. Yeah, because none of this sounds familiar. So, long story short, Link ends up in Kakariko Village. And as he's there, they say they're going to hide him because they have no respect for Agamem. They think he's a bad person. They're trying to save the day. And as he's there, just kind of getting information, who shows up almost starving and dying, Ganthi. So, he takes her in helps her out, says, oh, we can get you food, you saved my life, and you saved the carriage, and oh, I'm just a thief, blah, 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 I'll help you out just for now. And they end up going on an adventure together to meet Salarahara, who's hiding in the eastern palace. And so they go off on a very interesting adventure, but before they leave Kakariko Village, an old man stops Link and saying, I'm looking for my son, have you seen him? He's like, I never, I don't know who you're talking about, your son. He's like, oh, I thought you'd see him. He left behind the Triforce years ago. And I remember when he was young, he used to play his whistle. And he holds an <laughs> ocarina. So, wasn't it a flute in the game? Uh, it was a flute, but it's an ocarina. It's right. a fucking ocarina. It looks like an ocarina, yeah. So, Link grabs that. He's like, if I find him, I'll give it to him. And so, runs off. And then as they're traveling, they're going into the mountains and whatnot, talking with Ganthi, and they become kind of friends. And as they're climbing the mountain, Ganthi is, well, she's a girl, so she can't climb the mountain. And Link decides to give her a piggyback ride. Well, she tricks him into getting on his back, so he carries her up the mountain, and as he's carrying her, they're talking. And she reveals that she's been alone because her parents were killed by someone, and we don't know why. So they end up at... The Eastern Palace, and after an interesting fight with an Armos, which we all know what Armoses are and hate them with a passion, <laughs> we meet the old bastard, who I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name because he pissed me off. And he essentially gives Link the Triforce's uh, Crest of Courage, which if you have all three crests, you're able to find the Master Sword. And he reveals to Link that you are the destined hero one, you are the descendant of the Guardian Knight, who helped the Seven Sages, and you, your uncle wanted to protect you from 
the life the Triforce's quest would lead you to. And as he's saying this, Ganthi looks shocked. <laughs> and as they're talking, she takes her knife out and tries to kill Link. Because it turns out that her parents were killed by the Guardian Knights. Really? Okay, that's a twist. So she is shocked and just like, I'm not going to kill you now. I'm going to let you live for now, but next time I see you, I'm going to kill you. And she runs off. Hmm. Ha ha! Runs away. And so next, going back to Agamem, he has like two days in order to get everything prepared, the spell prepared to sacrifice Princess Zelda, because he has Princess Zelda back. Because he sacrificed six of the descendants. All he needs left is Princess Zelda's sacrifice, and he could bring Gan into this world. Hmm. Woohoo. But there's a problem. The last line is fucked up. He needs a translation. He needs the Book of Marduk to translate the guide. So, he goes looking for Link, who has the Book of Marduk, because he has to get the Crest of Wisdom from the desert. In a very cliche scene, Link gets the Crest of Wisdom... Oh, sorry, Power. Gets the Crest of Power, gets stabbed by a poisonous creature who is controlled by Agamem. Agamem steals the book and leaves Link to die. As Link is sitting there bleeding to death or being poisoned to death, someone shows up, a mysterious person in white with a mask. Did Link forget about his healing apple that he has in his pocket? Or? No, no. He actually, early on, he gave the healing apple to Ganthi. Oh, okay. Gave it to Ganthi because she was hurt and she didn't take it. He said, what are you doing with this? I'm just a thief. And so what happens is that Link is sitting there, he's bleeding... And this person comes up as Link is lying there unconscious and pulls a knife out and hesitates for a second. Link wakes up. His leg is bandaged up. What's next to him? The apple. Ah, uh -huh. So Ganthi was, could have killed him and she didn't. Why? We don't know. So from there on, Link goes as he's walking around back to find where the last one is. Because he has like a day left until the sacrifice happens. Ends up going to the Tower of Hera. He meets the son of the old man. And the sun is all deformed and creepy because apparently if you search for the Triforce, you turn into a creature because of the influence of the the Golden Land is now the Dark World. Very weird, secrets, kind of trippy. So, long story short, he gets the Crest of Wisdom from the Tower of Hera after fighting a stupid creature and is teleported to a grove. And in this Ooh. grove, there's a sword that's embedded into a stone covered in moss. And as he goes to reach for it, he hears a voice saying, The child of destiny has appeared. Release me and I will help you. The sword of evil's bane. So Link pulls out the sword, and now he's got the master sword. I know, I'm gonna pretty much spoil the majority of this, but <laughs> Legend of Zelda has the Link to the Past already came out like 12 years ago, so you know what happens. So, Link goes to fight Agamem. Gets into a huge fight with him. Kicks his ass by... If you played the game, you know how to do it. Gets in this fight. And what happens is Link is able to defeat Agamem. However, as he defeats him, he finished his spell. So, Zelda is in the Dark World. But he's, since he couldn't complete it because he got hurt, he drags Link into the Dark World with him. So now Link is in this alternate world, which is the parallel to regular Hyrule. And we also found out that Agamem has a huge crush on Zelda. Hmm, okay. Because he says, I, ever since I saw you, I wanted you to be my slave, but that is not the will of the great Ganon. <laughs> so I will sacrifice you for him. So. In the dark world, Link is kind of standing there, and a bunch of creatures go to attack him, saying, Shiny, get him! He has the Triforce, get him! And Link is kind of, oh fuck. Because imagine <laughs> 50 monsters coming at you, and you just have the Master Sword, and you're kind of hurt. 
And then suddenly this fox creature shows up, saves him. And who's the fox creature? Shows up, come with me, Link, come this way. It's like, how the fuck do you know my name? And turns into Ganthi. Huh. She got sucked into the world too. A bunch of people got sucked because apparently the worlds were merged. And so from there, they go finding all the other things to save the day. And from there on, it just gets really interesting where you find out that you find out that Link's parents weren't killed. They were actually sent to the Dark World by Agamem because they used to be friends. And Agamem turned out to be lustful for power. And when Link's parents tried to stop him, he banished both of them to the Dark World to release Ganon get his power and from there it just turns into this huge thingy we're just like the game where they just do a montage sequence of him and ganthi fighting saving the day and there are a lot of differences between the game including the fact that ganthi's in love with link and link is kind of like zelda 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 and the fact that she even says i i don't understand why i understand that he's in love with princess zelda because there's no comparison between some thief and a noble woman but it's not fair so stuff happens the day is saved and at the end as opposed to the game Link becomes owner of an orchard <laughs> the hero's apple orchard so he, eh. he gets his wish he gets his wish and saves the day I like the art style in this I think that Akira did a really good job with it it's innovative and it looks artistic to the game it looks elegant and stylish there's a lot of things I did like about it. I like the fact that you had that love triangle going on even though at the end it's very ambiguous what happens because for all eternity, Link is essentially Zelda's paladin, but it gives you the hint that he might hook up with Ganty at the ending, especially with a spoiler about her. Really? What's the spoiler? Because All right, well, it turns out that she's actually a descendant of the Guardian Knights also. But I thought her parents were killed by the Guardian Knights. She was abducted by thieves. The thieves told her her parents were... Oh, okay. It's a whole thing. So are they... They're not related, are they? Uh, no, like there are multiple guardian knights, but the head guardian knight saved. Uh, it wasn't like a like a Princess Leia, Luke Skywalker thing. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. Art was cool. I liked the fact that they gave you enough of a backstory with some of the characters you didn't know about, but they kind of glossed over a lot of the adventure sequence, so it wasn't overbearing and insanely long. It's only four chapters, and it worked for what it was. One volume, it fit, and it was, it was a lot better than the original manga, which was in Nintendo Power which sucked really bad. But they introduced a guy named Ronin who had the silver arrows in a crossbow and was retarded. Some of the things I didn't like about it, Ganon's design was retarded. Because usually you see him, he's like a big fat guy in a cloak and all this stuff. No. This one just looks like a really retarded looking boar with a trident and he didn't even look like a, a scary imposing figure. He's just kind of like, Hey man, I'm going to stab you in my friend now. <laughs> Wasn't really imposing. But he was a cool... Agamem was drawn very well. And you also see his face finally. He's not just an ugly blue thing. So overall, I'd have to give this... A... Bar from Friends or Return of Offer Pocky. Oh, four, huh? Oh, I had to. It's, it's, a, it's really good. I enjoyed it. I dug it. I'd read it again. It was a lot better than the original, which I would have to give a really low gift from your crazy Aunt Muriel bordering on... Typical reading material on a local correctional facility or psychiatric institute. Because the original one sucked balls. Even though that one went through every single stage. It went, alright, he's in the water temple. He's in the lost forest. He's in the temple in the dark world. He's in Turtle Rock. He's in... That went further into it, but that one wasn't interesting. It was just... I didn't like it. This was much more fast-paced and more enjoyable. That sounds good. Yeah. It definitely sounds worth reading. Oh, definitely. 
That's cool. Ah, so I think that's it for my review, so let's get on with yours. Okay, so um, like we mentioned earlier, I, I reviewed Zelda Phantom Hourglass, which those of you will know, there was the GameCube game, Wind Waker, and this is the sequel to it, direct sequel to Wind Waker, which is actually rare in the Zelda universe for games to have direct sequels, so this is one of them. And um, so there's one volume, 12 chapters. The author, I think, is the same as uh, Zan's manga, which is uh, Himekawa Akira. Yep. Same thing, you know, fantasy, adventure, video game adaptation, you know, it's Zelda. So we open up with Link. He's basically on a, on a ship, on a pirate ship. Well, similar to a pirate ship. And he's running around very excited. He's screaming, oh my god, look, there's dolphins in the water. And he's basically like, oh my god, you know, he just loves being on the sea and he's in for the adventure and everything. And he's being yelled at by a young girl about the same age as him. Hey! She's yelling at him saying, hey, you're supposed to be cleaning the, cleaning the decks. What are you doing? He's like, but there's dolphins out there. She's, she's like, of course there's dolphins. It's, we're in the middle of the sea. What do you expect? And he's basically protesting, and he says, you know, you know, I, I came on this ship to, to see the world and have adventure, not to clean the ship. And she said, I'm, when, when you're on my ship, you do what I say. This is Tetra. So she's not saying it in a mean way. She's, she is bossing him around. There's no doubt about that. But, um, you know, she's not being mean about it. It's almost like a playful banter that they have. And, you know, they have, like, these yeah. little arguments back and forth. How old would you say they are? Ah, I'd say no, no older than ten years old. I mean, they're young in this in this series. Okay. Um, yeah, which is kind of odd for them to be, you know, on the sea and everything by themselves at that age. But you know, there's a crew, but the crew's also young too. So, anyway, so as they're going, they hear they hear a very strange noise from somewhere out in the sea, and they they look out and they see a ghost ship, or you know, a, a very dangerous, ominous-looking ship. Saying, what's that? And Tetra is very, very headstrong, and she basically wants to go explore the ship. So, as the ship, the two ships pass close to each other, they, uh, she jumps onto the ghost ship, and she's, uh, she's exploring, and she commands everybody else, Link included, to stay back on on their ship. And Link wants to go uh, with her or go in her place, but she, she doesn't want to hear it. So, she jumps onto the ship, and after a minute or two, there's a very loud noise, and Link runs. To, to see what it is and as he's trying to board the ghost ship he falls into the water and the last thing he hears before being swept away is he hears Tetra screaming for help saying Link you have to save me you know and it just he he kind of goes off into a daze he's swept away and you know next thing you know he, he wakes up washed up on a beach somewhere on some island and uh, at first he doesn't know what's happening to him and he looks up and there's a little fairy that's flying around fluttering around talking to him and he looks at this fairy and you know the fairy introduces herself as Sila and they talk to each other and Link basically says I was on the ship and there was a ghost ship and one of my friends has been captured and I need to save her and Sila says you should come talk to Oshis which is basically like the the village elder and um, maybe he can help so we cut to a scene of, of Oshis, you know, kind of telling a, a, a tale to the local children of the island. And basically what he's doing is he's saying, you know, he's just finishing up and he's saying, and then the legendary hero came and saved the princess f- who was trapped in the crystal. And, you know, for those of you who've played some of the other Zelda games, you know what he's talking about. And, you know, the kids are very into the story and everything. He says, and then, you know, that's the rest of the story is for another day. And the kids are saying, oh, please tell us, blah, blah, blah. And, you know. He just says, no, that's part of the excitement is waiting to hear what happens next. 
So Link and Sila come up to, to Oshis. They tell him exactly what happened, and Oshis says, "You know, you you're gonna need you're gonna need a ship. So why don't you go down to the town and see if you can find someone named Linebeck? He has a ship you can use." So they they run off in search of him, and Oshis basically says, "Oh, so the time has come. I better go make preparations." And the last thing you you see is him closing the the scroll he has that had the story, the the hero who saved the princess and everything. So a little bit of foreshadowing there. So then Link and Sila, they run to the town. And, you know, Sila basically says, if you don't know where Sailor is in town, the best place to go ask is the local pub. So they go to the local pub, and I thought this was funny. And they go inside, and if you look at the top of the sign of the building, it said Milk Bar, which I guess is their way of, you know, it's a pub, but they serve milk there. Well, that's always <laughs> been the case in Zelda. It's always yeah. been the milk bar, and we had that, that stupid Romani hat on. Yeah, that was that was from Majora's Mask. That was pretty funny, too. So basically, they go in there, and, you know, they're asking around, and one of the old men says, Oh, Linebeck, that guy, he went in, he went to the Temple of the Ocean King, and he's probably heard there was some treasure there, so he's... You know, he's probably trying to trying to find the treasure in there, and you know, you could find him there. Let me mark the location of the Ocean Temple on your map, which is I thought was kind of a nice homage to Zelda series. You know, that that type of thing happens all the mark time. Mark on your map. Yep. So Link and Sila uh, they run to the Temple of the Ocean King. A lot of running around. They go inside the Temple of the Ocean King, and as they go in, they they start to remember what one of the old men at, at the pub told them, and he said they say that that temple is cursed and if you go inside your your life force will be drained in you know in a matter of minutes and people who go in there never come back and so sure enough they go in there and one of the first things they see they see some skeletal remains on the floor and uh sila basically says could this be you know one of the people who came previously and got their life force drained i don't know so as they as they go in sila hears a voice and it's basically the spirit of the skeletal remains saying warning them about if you go in this is what's going to happen to you and you know but the only thing that's on link's mind is saving tetra so he basically goes in anyway and does he have anything or does he just have no he has nothing nothing at all so they basically go in no weapons no no items nothing so they go in and they basically see a guy in there who's been trapped but in one of the booby traps of the temple and it's basically um, they say, "Hey, do you know do you know who Linebeck is?" And he said, "I'm Linebeck. You need to save me." And they 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 basically convi- convince him to um, he he basically convinces them to to let him out. And just as they're running around looking for the switch to uh, to unlock the trap, Link's life force starts to become drained. And he says, "You know, oh, I'm feeling very weak." And Sila looks at him and he says, "Oh, your your face, you're 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 losing." You know, you're you're basically look. You look like an old man, and Link. You know, he's about to collapse. And uh, Linebeck says, "Hey, kid, go over to the to that area, that special area on the floor, the glowing purple floor. That's where you'll be safe." So Link stumbles into this area, and that's one of the only areas in the entire temple that's safe from having your life force drained. So this is very reminiscent of the game. So if you remember, if any any of you have played the game, you'll know. So basically what happens in the game is you can only go so far into the temple and you have to go from from purple area to purple area and you know if anytime you're not in the purple area your life gets drained out so basically they're in this purple area and, and there's a switch there so they hit the switch and, and linebacks the the trap that's uh, holding linebeck is freed and linebeck basically says 
hey kid there's a inside inside this temple there's a treasure in there and inside the treasure it'll take you you know using the treasure inside you'll you'll be able to get to the ghost ship and save your friend you know so why don't you go find a treasure treasure for me and I'll wait outside so Linebeck basically runs away and leaves you know this little 10-year-old t- kid and his pet fairy to, <laughs> to go to this danger a good good guy yeah he's a stand-up guy so but he's a member of a junk shop yeah, he is. He is. But, um, so, Linebeck runs away, and uh, Link and Sela are inside, and they basically, they don't really get too much into it. You know, it's, it's pretty, for the most part, it's pretty much just, they go a little bit into the temple, and they see this big phantom in there that's pr- uh, patrolling, and the phantom sees them, and they run away from the phantom, and they find another purple safe zone, and once they're on the safe zone, the phantom can't see them anymore, and, you know, basically just typical elements from the game. So the safe zone is not only save you from your life force being drained, but also from the phantoms who are patrolling, who are pretty much these big hulking monsters that are um, pretty much they can't be they can't be defeated in any way. You're invisible to them as as well. So they're in there and they wait for the phantom to walk away, and uh, they see this big treasure chest. So they go, they grab the treasure chest, run run with it outside, and Lineback opens it, and there's a phantom. Uh, there's an hourglass inside, and he said. What? Linebeck is basically like, what? This is the treasure you brought me? This is nothing. Blah, blah, blah. This is, you know, he's basically very disappointed. He was expecting gold. He wanted to use them, basically. So, just at that moment, Osha shows up, the village elder, and he explains to them about the curse that's on the temple, and, he, you know, about how you can only go so far into the temple without your life force being drained, but if you have this special sand that goes into this hourglass, you can, as long as there's sand in the hourglass, you can you can go further into the temple without your life force being drained and basically as you go into the temple that's where the real treasure is they have they say that you need to you need to go get sand to put inside the hourglass so that you can get deeper and deeper into the temple and find the real treasure inside and the real treasure inside will lead to getting to the ghost ship and saving tetra so that's basically how they set up the whole premise of the of the manga. And, you know, he, uh, Osha says to Link, you know, you should go take this sea chart and go to these temples and defeat the monsters and collect their sand and then use the sand to go into the temple. And before Link and Linebeck and Sila leave, Osha says, you know, this might come in handy. Why don't you take this? And he hands him a sword and a shield. And, of course, the, sword, the shield has the typical Triforce logo on it, you know, just like every other Zelda shield. Now, one thing. So he has to kill creatures to use their remains as sand in the hourglass. Yes, basically. He kills the creatures. When the creatures die, they leave behind this, this sand, this sand of time or sand of hours. Sand of time, not to be confused with the uh, Prince, Prince of Persia. Persia sand of time. But, yeah, so that's basically it. I wonder what happened if you did that. You took the Prince of Persia, the Dagger of Time, and poured the sand from in there into the Phantom Hourglass. <laughs> Do you go backwards in time and turn into a ghost? Link would go back in time and grow long hair and run up the wall. Cool. Yeah. So they leave, and they basically, they're set off in, in search of the first temple, and they go to the Isle of Embers. The Isle of Embers is basically, you know, just island, and there's a volcano erupting in the center of the island. And they go, they go in, and, and Linebeck says, "Why don't you guys go ahead? I need to repair the ship and repair in quotation marks because there was never a point where the ship needed to be repaired." 
he's just basically a big baby and he just wants Link to do everything for him. So they go in and they, they, the first thing they come across is a fortune teller. And the fortune teller says, um, the, temple, the temple on this island is located at the base of the volcano. That's where you'll find what you need, what you're looking for. So they set off, they go to the temple, and basically, one of the problems I had with the manga, which was, one of the things I like about video game ad- adaptation mangas is seeing the, what, I, what I like from the game represented in manga form. So basically here, you know, they, they go to the, to the temple, and the way it played out in the manga was like, they open the door to the temple, and there's the boss of the whole temple, like right there, right behind the door. There was no exploring the temple, no puzzles or, or, or traps or other enemies of any kind to fight along the way, which is different from, you know, from previous manga, video game mangas that I've read, like, for example, the Rockman one, where they actually show you a little bit of what playing the stage would have been like. That's kind of what I like to see. So they basically open the door to the temple on the Isle of Embers, and there's the, the boss. His name is Blaze, B-L-A-A-Z. And, you know, it's, it's kind of very anticlimactic. Link kills him within, like, a few panels. And all of a sudden, you know, he's dead, and they collect, the, they, they collect his remains, and that's it. They collect the sand of time, and they leave. And one of the last things before they leave the island is when they killed Blaze, um, kind of his, his evil essence w- released um, a fairy that was trapped, uh, trapped by him. And basically, the, the fairy's name, she's a red fairy, his name is Leaf. And basically, um, Leaf starts to explain that, um, you know, I was trapped there before, and Leaf and Sila meet and make friends with each other. And, you know, she basically says, uh, I'm, I'm the fairy of power, and, you know, I can help you me you find the other two fairies I can help you get to who you need to save and basically um, one of the tie-ins from the game is as you unlock these fairies you can you know you can basically power up yourself and you you know they grant you special abilities in the manga it's more just oh we need you know we need to be together to unlock the power to defeat them essentially just fetch the the manga is fetch quest yeah more or less so, you go to the next area. Um, they go to the next uh, on their way to the next temple, and one of the th- one of the things that they do, kind of just to make this manga longer, which also happened in the game, was as you're on your way from Isle of Embers to the next island, they get attacked by a monster on the sea, and they basically realize that they have no means of defending themselves while they're in the boat. So Linebeck has the idea of why don't we go to Cannon Island and get our our boat outfitted with a cannon? So they go to Cannon Island and. Yeah, it's kind of a little boring part of the manga where. Are you sure, it's not a can- like like canon like the the manga I reviewed, the one which was about the the gay. What is it? The the little gay people. <laughs> well, there were little people running around. They were kind of annoying, but they weren't gay. They were more like it was little kids sleeping with each other. But huh. no, it definitely wasn't like that. <laughs> was it like Caligula, where just lots of or what is it, orgitariums and just vomitoriums? <laughs> one funny thing that happened was. <laughs> They were walking around on their way to, to the guy who makes the cannons, and they, uh, they basically find this tree, and Link says, the, Link reads the sign, and he says, you know, oh, the, 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 the way to entrance to the, to the cannon shop is this way. And Link looks at this tree and says, oh, there's something funny about this tree. What's up with this? Is it a money tree? And he kicks the tree, and uh, <laughs> basically a beehive falls out, and he gets chased by bees. It's kind of funny. Which, if any of you guys have played Zelda, you'll know that 
you know, running into trees is, is kind of a, uh, a thing. You, sometimes items fall out, sometimes enemies fall out. You never know. It was pretty funny. So they go, they get the cannon, and then they're on their way to the next to the next island. Now, they have the cannon, they see the same enemy that attacked them, and this time they blow them to bits with the, the cannon. Kind of cool. But that's pretty much the only time they ever use the cannon in the manga. So that's why I said it was... Do they use it in the game? In the game, you use it a lot. In the game, you can't travel from one area to another on the boat without getting attacked, so you need to use the cannon. So in the manga, it was kind of just like... Well, I guess we need to fit this cannon in from the game somehow. Let's just put it in there real quick, and that's it. And get, we'll get our we'll get a chapter out of this. Well, we don't know if they, they use the, the cannon anymore. I mean, it, it montage sequence. <sighs> Basically, if they really wanted to, they could have gotten the whole manga without mentioning the cannon, and it wouldn't have detracted from anything. Yeah. Whereas, as, as a gameplay element, it made more sense. Yeah. So. Basically, for the rest, to condense kind of the rest of the review, they go to the next area, and um, they're on their way to the next area, and they get they get um, swept away by a tornado, and um, they go on the tornado, and uh, they're basically washed away to another island, and they see this this little girl there, and this little girl they get they get attacked by a giant octopus monster. They kill the octopus monster by picking up bomb flowers off the floor, which bomb flowers are another traditional Zelda item. Um, and they basically throw the bomb flower into the into the octopus's mouth, kill the octopus, collect sand of time, new fairy. This one is the fairy of wisdom, and this where you kind of get a little bit more backstory into Sila. So the fairy of wisdom basically looks at Sila and recognizes Sila and says, you know what's you don't remember me? I'm Neri. And, and, you know, Sila has no recollection of this whatsoever. And, you know, all you know at this point is that there's a connection between these two fairies and your fairy, who's Sila. I'm already betting that Sila is the the fairy of courage. You'd win that bet. (laughs) Let's put it that way. Always. There are three of them. It's it's always the same premise. It's power, wisdom... Power, wisdom, courage, yeah. So this is a twist. So one of the things I forgot to mention earlier on was that Sila, the, the fairy that you meet when you wash up on the island, she, she has no memories of her own. So she's basically been living on this island with Oshis, who she calls Grandpa, um, who's basically been watching out for her. And she has no memory and basically, you know, she has no reason to, to know that she's the, the, the fairy of courage. So... One last thing that happens before they leave this island is there was a little girl that was um, washed up on the island too. And that little girl gets abducted by a big crab monster from the sea and he grabs her and you know, basically he takes her to another island and they chase after him and they go, they go to the island and he's, you know, they, they find the little girl you know, being held by the crab and Link goes trying to fight the crab and the crab uh, overpowers him but the girl has a, a bow that she throws to him. And Link takes the bow, shoots the crab in the face, and then stabs the crab with, in the eye with, with his sword and kills the crab. And basically, out of nowhere, mysteriously, once again, the uh, Oshis, the, the, the grandpa from the, other, the original island, shows up. And you know, he basically explains to Sila, you're the fairy of courage, and this girl is... Basically, this girl is the physical representation of your lost memories. It's kind of stupid, but... Just kind of shows about her. So, so they basically have this weird, you know, meld moment where Sila, the fairy, merges with this girl, and, and all of a sudden Sila has her memories back, and blah, blah, blah. And So now 
that the, f the three fairies are together, you know, the next thing to, go to do is to go off and, and set off in search of the ghost ship and get, uh, and get Tetra back. So, yeah, so, so the rest of the manga, you know, you guys, if, if you're interested so far, you can read the rest of it. It's, you know, they basically go, they, they give you a little bit of a backstory to Lineback, um, you know, wh what, what happened in his past. And, um, you mean he's not just a douche for being a douche? He's just, he has a reason why he's a douche? Yeah, he does have a reason for being a douche. Whether or not you find it interesting, eh, I don't know. Is he better than Tingle? Yes, he's better than Tingle. Tingle is just an insane man. I hate Tingle. For those of you who don't, know, who don't know who Tingle is, Tingle was introduced in The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, and he's basically one of the most useless characters in all video games, and he's really annoying, and I try to shoot him with arrows, and it doesn't do anything. He is the, he is the Zelda representation of the dog from Duck Hunt. Oh, God, the dog from Duck Hunt. One of the one of the that's kind of a rite of passage for video game players is you have to play Duck Hunt, you have to get pissed off by the dog, and you have to try to shoot the dog. Yes. Just like <laughs> I want to take the Duck Hunt gun and shoot Tingle with it. But Tingle <laughs> won't die because Tingle is an old man who thinks he's a fairy. Yes, picture not a, one of the fairies from Chelsea. Picture a middle-aged man who dresses up like like Link and he runs around thinking he's a fairy boy. Oh, it's so stupid. And says gibberish words. Yeah. Like this. <laughs> God, I hate that guy. Anyway, so the rest of the manga is basically a little bit of backstory, and they, they go and they, they give you, uh, they reveal to you who Oshis is and why is he so important, why does he seem to know so much, and, you know, they basically, they, they fight the, the ultimate evil whose name, not, not in this game, it's not Ganon, this time it's a character named Bellum. And, uh, you know, he basically has been wreaking havoc on this ocean, um, ocean world and Wasn't blah, blah, Bellum blah. the villain from Ages? I don't remember. It's been a long time since I played Ages. Well... It, it sounds familiar, though. Well, it doesn't matter. So you anyway, so yeah. So I read, the, I read the manga. It's really not a, sh uh, uh, not a long manga. It's pretty short. Um, so you can read the rest of it if you're interested. What would you give it? You know, I'm tempted to give this a three, but... I think I might have to drop it down to a two. So, typical reading material? You'll yeah. Typical psychiatric institution. Yeah, typical reading material at your local psychiatric institution or, ment or, or prison. It really, I mean, it wasn't that great. It, it was kind of just, uh, I don't know. It, wa it wasn't very, they didn't really expand on the game universe at all. In fact, what they did was, they, they went backwards. Instead of expanding on the game universe, they... They took out so much from the game universe that they just made this a super condensed Cliff Notes version of it, which I like it more when, when manga's adaptations are like the one you read, where, yeah, I could go and play the game, but if I want some more backstory, if I want some really interesting side stuff that maybe wasn't in the game, I can get it from the manga, or like what, I, what happened in the Rockman manga, the Rockman X manga that I read. So, I, I don't know, for this... Everything that you see in the in the manga, even the stuff, the the backstory with Lineback and the backstory with Oshis, all of that's in the game. So it, it's really just just play the game. It's so much better. Well, it seems kind of weird because this is the same artist who did both, 
Yet they're completely different. Yeah, same artist, and, and he wrote it. He wrote it, and he did the art himself. And he just—it's just so. Yeah, one thing about the art is, I guess I can't knock the art style. I don't particularly like the chibi, the chibi style in anime and, and uh, manga. But seeing as how it's the style for the game, he was really faithful to the the art style of the video game. So I can't knock the manga for that. If anything, I'd knock the whole Wind Waker. Phantom Hourglass series for that, and you know it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's kind of a light-hearted Zelda game, mm-hmm. so you know the art style fits. But I don't particularly care for it. Tell like he just doesn't like doesn't like the Wind Waker because the Wind Waker manga I heard was horrible. Yeah, I, I heard he it, he just jumped from place to place. I just think he doesn't like it because everything else he's written supposedly is really good. Yeah, maybe he's not maybe he's not that into it either. He kind of just got hired to do this, and he's like, ah, eh, let me just phone this in. Yes, eh, done. Or he yeah. said, I will give it to you, my assistant. Well, I will just draw the first panel and the second panel, and I'm going to sleep over there. Yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Done. So, I mean, if you guys, I, I guess it's very short, so if you really have nothing better to do and you want to kill an hour and a half, you can read it, but there's probably better things to, to do with your time, or really just play the game. The game is, is fun, and the game on the DS is actually, you know, interesting control scheme for a for a Zelda game. So that alone makes it worth it. Ah, so plane ride worthy. Yeah, yeah, I'd say. Uh, I'd say so. Yeah. So, I guess that's it for. Oh, that's right. Next next week is the this weekend is the ending of the contest. I forgot to say, no one has sent me anything for the contest. Why don't you tell them about the contest again, just in case they haven't. Listen to yeah, because you have until the 23rd of April. And the contest is to design a logo for the Spark and Mong Review. It's got to be 300 by 300 in CMYK. It's just a new logo. Need one ASAP. Like I said, contest ends, you will win prizes and be on two episodes as a co-host. Over Skype. Come on, guys. That's a good, that's a good contest. You got nothing to lose. Yes. And if you're the only one who submits anything, you kind of win by default, I guess. Yes. Oh, if you pick it. If I, if, if I pick it. I'll still give you if you're the only person who submits something. You'll still get props. Yeah, you will get props, and you'll get maybe something else. And to the person who sent me a marriage proposal, no, no. The person who sent me a marriage proposal, I said no. I think there'd be some somebody out there who'd pretty much have a problem with you accepting marriage proposal. Uh, several people would have problems with me, especially the fact that the person's underage. Oh well, that's yeah. And plus, I don't know the person. I don't think the person would be interested in me. That's a slippery slope. Very slippery slope. More slippery than Mount... I don't mean slippery in the dirty way. I mean slippery in the dangerous way. Shit, I was going to say the, the, the... What is it? The mountain from uh, Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask? Mount, Mount, Mount. Not Death Mountain. No, no, no. The mountain with the, the Gorons. Oh, I forgot. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm just going to cut all that mountain out. Mount. Either way... Remember, you can email me at spirekin.gmail.com or zan at spirekin.com. You can check us out, http colon slash slash spirekin.podbean.com. And, uh, well... In celebration of episode 99, go out and play a Zelda game. Yes, you definitely should play one of the Zelda games or play all of them. That might be an interesting thing. Why don't you have people send you what their favorite Zelda game is? Yeah, send me an email with your favorite Zelda game, why you like it, and or your favorite character or least favorite character. For example, Tingle. Cal hates Tingle. My personal least favorite character in the game is... Tingle. No, it's the guy who looks like Luigi, but he's not Luigi. Oh, what's his name? The guy from Ocarina of Time. 
Yes. The 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 ranch owner. Iago? Ego? Ego? I, I know who you're talking about. I think he's funny, though. No, it's funny when you beat him. Yeah. Like, the guy you get Epona from. Yes. Uh, and I also hate Twin Rova. Twin Rova, yeah. Because yeah. she's a... Because they're a bitch. <sighs> bitches, bitches. But, uh, so... That can't believe it up. Ninety nine episodes. Damn. Been here a long time. I'm still doing this. Still gonna do it for a long time and I enjoy doing it. It's a lot of fun. So I um hmm. I think that's it. Right? I can't know. think of anything else. Uh, hmm. mm. You should plug the uh upcoming Oh yes, I forgot episode one hundred. The the Spark and Movie Review will be released at the same time. Well, about a day later. Spyrokin movie review, guys. Tell your friends. And also, just to let you know, since we usually release on Wednesday, we're going to be releasing on Friday for episode 100. That way, we're actually starting May around May 1st, give okay. or take. You know, make it a little bit more interesting. And then we'll be back on our Wednesday schedule from then on to the end of time, which should be fun. Because episode 100 is a big, it's a momentous occasion. I mean, 100 episodes. We're longer than uh, the, the Warp podcast, the, the weekly anime review podcast. There are only 70 episodes, and they're one of the first. It's and, pretty impressive. And we're longer than, well, no, we're not longer than, uh, technically we're longer than Anime World Order, but not really, because even though they're up to episode like 97B, <laughs> they actually released like 790 billion episodes. Well, you're over 100 if you count the supplementals. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to do that. That's... I actually have that on a different feed, the supplementals. And soon, oh, I might be changing the feed soon, so if you have iTunes, you may have to download Spyrokin again, but we'll get into that probably episode 100, 101, where you can email me and talk to me about stuff. Oh, yes, forgot. The topic for episode 100. We have to decide on it, don't we? Yes. How would we decide? Well, we'll use the one, the only, the Wheel of Manga! Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga. Except no substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? Is it a plastic device? No. No. Is it a device made of stone? No. Is it a device made of the skulls of Armos? No. Is it possibly been enchanted by Din, the goddess of fire of Hyrule? Maybe. We don't know. But, so, what it is, it's a Wheel of Fortune with ten slots on it. And what I've done is I've assigned... A different manga to each of the slots. And I'm going to spin the wheel of manga. And whatever number it lands on, that's what will be reviewed in episode 100. And we have a guest host besides Cal going to be in episode 100. Because it's episode 100. Also, leave me some voicemails and messages for episode 100. And I will read them on air. I got and this, I got a bunch planned for because I got a couple ideas. And it's going to be pretty fun. So, I'll let you spin first. Okay. Spin. Number three. So number three is going to be... You'll be reviewing the Society for the Study of Modern Visual Culture. Okay. Which is Genshiken, a very, very strange and unusual manga which makes people feel bad. Or actually it will idealize the otaku life. So I will spin next. Number nine. Now number nine is going to be, well, the reverse of Genshiken... It's a more in-depth and realistic and depressing view. The worst possible case scenario for Hikimori. And no, it's not what you think it is. It is going to be the unfinished and truly horrific and depressing series, Resentimo. 
And just to complete this trifecta, because since I got Resentment and he got Genshikin, our mystery third guest will be reviewing the third of the Otaku trifecta. Welcome to the NHK. So, I guess that's it for this episode of the Spark and Mind View. Thank you for listening, and trust me, episode 100 should be a lot of fun. So, I guess that's it, and well, we're Gonesville. Bye! Yo